This is Limit Up, a trading podcast presented by the performance coaches at Top Step. We discuss futures, forex, stocks, options, history, trading psychology. Basically, if you can trade it, we'll try our best to make sense of it. Now, on to the show. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step. I'm Jack Pelzer, joined by Dan Hodgman. Dan, the VIX is below 20. How's it feel? Well, we saw it yesterday. Equities were pretty quiet until the tail end. We opened up here. A little spike. This is Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. Central Time that we're recording. So when I say yesterday, that was a Monday. Monday was a quiet day. You know, I think VIX is kind of expected to be low. Earnings are going to come out. Um, everyone's pretty much patient today, this afternoon. We're going to see on Tuesday. So when you hear this, you already know the earnings, but we're going to see Google. We're going to see Microsoft. We're going to see some big names coming through with earnings here this week. And we're seeing the world kind of get back on track, at least in a sense. So VIX is bound to come back. And, the, you know, you have to be prepared for that. We talked about that at the tail end of last year that don't expect this year to be the same. So you just got to be patient now. Yeah, it seems a little bit more durable. I recall before that we were in this weird market for a while where the VIX was still high or even rising as the market was going up, which is an unusual situation. But strange, strange, strange. Seems people are a little bit uh, more optimistic going forward. I'll be super interested to see all these earnings as well. I'm glad you touched on a few of the big ones. And it's not to take the cat, let the cat out of the bag on the topic today. You know, during earnings seasons, you got to stay focused. So I thought today what we could talk about is staying focused in general, but specifically with your trading. So does that sound something that would interest you, Mr. Hodgman? I think it's a great topic and it ties in, you know, earnings. You want to stay focused, stay patient, kind of be cautious there. Um, we're approaching, you know, nicer weather. I, you know, I'm taking this afternoon off to get out and enjoy the weather. Um, knowing that that helps me in the long term too. So you want to be able to balance that stuff. You know, if you're sitting at home and the outside and the sun is calling your name and you're having a hard time focusing on your trading, give into it. You know, don't feel like you have to try and focus on the trade. Do things that are going to help you kind of stay focused when you're sitting there. If your attention span is somewhere else, that's a sign. And uh, I'm excited to talk today just about some kind of things that you can do to help stay focused in the trading too. Well, we're going to jump right into that, but I wanted to add too that we're going to start taking a slight intermission in these podcasts to talk about something unrelated. And in that case, it's going to be Bitcoin. So Ooh. look about midway through this episode. You know, don't fast forward. We're going to have some good stuff in between now and then, but we're going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin and uh, maybe at the end a little bit about the new uh, Coach T feature that's finally up and running at Top Step. So that could help you stay focused. Who knows? I thought we could start by talking about kind of focus is a term that gets tossed around a lot. It can mean a lot of different things. And I was kind of interested to see what we both thought about what it meant to be focused in the sense of uh, attacking the trading day. I think that's a great place to start. And I'll kind of jump on it a little bit here. You know, I think there, with the evolving or the changes and the evolutions of trading, you know, the idea of trading has really changed. You know, we've talked about this a thousand times. You go back to pit days. You were a market maker. You had to be active 24-7 when you were in the pit or not 24-7. But every hour you were there, you had to be active. If someone came in looking for a quote, you had to be there. Nowadays, you're sitting at home and you've, we've kind of gone from this concept of 
being a liquidity maker and a market maker to just being able to be a money manager. And so I think a lot of people think they're, they're staying focused if they're in a trade. The key really to me is staying focused when you're out of that trade, looking for those opportunities, studying the market, you know, after hours, focusing on what you need to work on. There's so much involved into this. You really have to be cognizant of that as you're trading. Yeah. The word cloud that I sort of developed of things just came to my mind when I thought focus were being in the moment, which, yeah, it's four words, but I'm counting it as one, uh, refreshed, eager, ready to take on the day. And I think that that is, there's more to focus than just sitting in front of a screen. It's more of a complete, it's how you feel, it's what you had for breakfast. There's so many parts that we talk a lot about building routines, and we'll get to more of that later. But that's where you check in to make sure that you're focused. If something else is on your mind, that's less focus that you can have on what your job is when you're in front of the screen, which is to select the right entry points and manage your money, like you said. Absolutely. You know, understanding where your focus is, that's got to be point number one when you sit down. I know we're going to get into routine, but, you know, you bring it up and it's such a great point. You need to sit down in the morning and recognize where your, your focuses are. I don't think it's an easy thing to adjust focus for anyone. You know, if something's on your mind, it's going to be on your mind. The question is, how is that going to affect your trading? Is it something that's serious? Is it something that you're just so distracted? You hear all the time people when they plan a vacation, they're on vacation three days beforehand. Should you be trading those three days beforehand? Those are questions you're going to have to ask yourself. And historical data is going to tell you whether or not you should. I tend not to trade for a couple of days before I'm going on vacation strictly because my mind is not there. And I want to be clear, it's absolutely okay for your for you not to be 100% there 100% of the days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's impossible. It is. Yeah. I think that, you know, you talked about that example too, is then you don't want to trade. We've talked about trading with a time limit. If you're thinking about something else, you're going somewhere, depending on the type of trading you're doing, you could end up in a position that you can't get off or don't want to liquidate. And then boom, you've ruined a vacation. Look at you, Mr. A-hole trader. (laughs) I remember growing up and we'd go on vacations. And for the longest time, my mom would always tell my dad, you know, before vacation, she was asking him a couple of days beforehand, are you flat? I don't want you thinking about the trades before or during our trip. This is a family vacation. We don't want you, you know, back then he's pulling out the Blackberry to check quotes or, and then had to pull out his cell phone to make the phone call into the floor to see what's going on. She was, you know, my mom was very adamant against that. And I think that was a great thing. Yeah. When you're trading trade and avoid distractions when you're trading, but then don't let trading become a distraction when you're not trading, especially when there's nothing you can do about it. It's over the weekend. My thoughts always been that if you're worried about something you have on over the weekend, you have too much of it on, whatever position that is. (laughs) You know what? I I did that all the time. I can't. I had so many weekend trips that were ruined because I knew come five o'clock Sunday or whatever, I was going to look at the CME site and see if I was in trouble or I guess buying around. (laughs) Yeah, it was way too often that Sunday night, you know, 
you might have something going on. You might want to enjoy a little Sunday fun day, but if you've got a bigger position on or you're thinking about that five o'clock open, you can't have the Sunday fun day. You can't be doing, you know, a family dinner. You've got to be at the at the desk sitting there watching the markets. And that's I'm sorry, but that's just not fun. Yeah. Oh no, there's nothing fun about that at all. Not at all. Yeah. I was also thinking about some common things. So what we're talking now is about pouring too much in or sort of focusing too much on everything. You can only be a master of some things, right? That's why we encourage people to only trade a few products is because you'll drive yourself insane trying to learn everything there is. On the other side of it, I thought we could talk about what are some uh, you know, common signs that you are lacking focus, right? Because I think sometimes people fall into the pattern of I sat in front of the screens 12 hours a day and I've done it four or five days a week for a long time. I'm getting close to those uh, Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours or whatever that (laughs) stuff was. But recall that 10,000 hours was focused practice. So you got to think and I don't recommend you do this. You know, you're not like a Buddhist a transcendental monk or something where you can sit for 12 hours <laughs> in an ohm state. I, I mean, can't. Yeah. Well, how much of that time were you actually trading or doing research versus, I don't know. Here's just some things that some other people, maybe not me, have done. Uh, Netflix, social media, doing other stuff. <laughs> that's a big one for me. And that's, you know, that's actually a necessary distraction you know, for me, I need some sort of necessary distractions to keep myself from other issues, you know, overtrading or, you know, seeing things that aren't there. I need my Netflix. That gets me through the day. Uh, and it's been really something for me since this whole work from home thing, which I finally feel like I, I'm like a lot of our traders, you know, being at home full time where a lot of them are doing that and that they're at home. And I, I started to feel like I kind of had a better understanding. You know, my history is always, I've, I wanted to work every single day for, you know, forever. And when it came to working from home, I needed those design distractions to keep me from making mistakes and doing stupid things. And so Netflix has been the best thing ever for me. I put on stupid shows, you know, some stupid sitcom that you don't have to pay close attention to. But it's just kind of like being around people, which I think is a huge benefit. You know, it's like having someone in the house that's chatting and, you know, conversations that you can kind of check in and check out. So it's been a benefit for me is the the streaming services. I get that, especially if you're alone. I haven't done a lot of alone trading in my life. I do know that you get you learn real quick what, a, you know, I don't think this is a hot take, but just cable news and cable financial news. Uh, in the 24-hour news cycle, you will kill a number of brain cells over the years just by... I I think that's 100% accepted take these days. I was always, you know, CNBC was on 24-7 in my life, but I was in an office and I wasn't paying close attention. I'd see the headlines pop and I liked it for headlines. You know, I came home, I started watching CNBC every day and I... I got to the point where I was like, I'm done watching CNBC. I can't sit here and listen to these guys all day. Oh, yeah. The same three stories about earnings that'll happen in nine hours. And then uh, let's bring on hedge fund short X to talk about. Right. He's already in that he wants the pump. (laughs) 
then let's let's dive into politics and and it's like okay i'm over it i'm done so what you got to watch out for is that it doesn't become a distraction so my news thing is i always have uh twitter open but then that's a rabbit hole i don't use social media really at all besides just lurking around on twitter and following um you know, various, various trading things, but then other things, but I got to be careful that I don't start falling down the rabbit hole. And then you're reading a 30 tweet chain about, I don't know, deforestation or something. Right. And then you're like, well, I'm not trading lumber. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess the signs that I see, like quite literally one is, uh, falling asleep at your desk. I've seen that happen. <laughs> I, I'll give a little story. Do tell. Um, funded trader of ours was in a position and I, you know, I noticed something's up and I go to call the trader. Doesn't answer. I called again. Doesn't answer. I called the third time Oof. and I'm leaving voicemails with all these doesn't answers. Finally, like I'm closing this trade out. I don't know what's going on. I can't get a hold of this person. I get a phone call back about an hour and a half later. Oh, thanks for closing out my trade. I was like, where were you? Oh, I fell asleep. <laughs> I go, did you like go up to bed? And like, what what was going on? Like, I was just kind of confused. Trader said, no, I was just sitting at my chair at my desk and I fell right to sleep. If you're that tired, you probably shouldn't be trading. It was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, definitely you know, take a nap at that point. Go ahead, take a nap. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't do not do it with the position on in the middle of a trade. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think, I think some other signs of not being focused is when you start missing stuff that's kind of obvious. I mean, one we see a lot are people making trades, shall we say, on what I would call low timeframes, right? I, I think we there was rumor of a 10 second chart at some point. I spoke to someone a couple of weeks ago that was trading off of 30 second and 10 second charts. You know, I'm not, I, I'm rarely someone that's going to say, don't do something. But I will sit here and say, don't look at a 10 second chart. You want to drive yourself mad? I Yeah, I think you're safe not doing that. <laughs> Slow it down a little bit too, right? Because that's slowing it down is key here when it comes to staying focused. If you're watching something move that fast, your focus isn't in the right place. You're looking way too short a time. It doesn't matter how big your screen is. You're going to lose where that market was just a couple minutes ago very fast. And it could be in a beautiful uptrend, but we're in a small pullback. When in theory, if it's trending higher, you see that weakness and that pullback. Great entry for the long, but you're going to see, oh, well, my screen right now is showing just straight down. I should be short. You're going to sell it. And you're going to sell it right at the bottom and it's going to rip right against you. And all of a sudden you're going to kind of pull zoom back out again. And you're look at your 15 or 30 minute chart and you go, what was I looking at? How did I forget that this was in an uptrend today? Yeah. If you're not looking at the larger market data, larger structure, to me, that is a real sign of a lack of focus. It's kind of putting on a trade without knowing all the information and the information's there. And more people are looking at the higher time frames than whatever you're going to see on a you know one minute chart. Yeah, and you know on that higher time frame, when you, I think it's key for traders to all kind of be looking at very similar market, the view of the market, right? Like 
you know, you can have an edge of I'm, I'm better on my entries at this time. Great. Majority of day traders, majority of traders are looking at a 30 minute time frame chart because one of the largest ways to look at the market is using market profile. Market profile is loosely based off a 30 minute chart. They run 30 minute bars. As a trader, if the most people are looking at a 30 minute, and, and this is not data driven, this is just kind of more opinionated, but something I have recognized. If the, a lot of people are looking at a 30 minute, you might want to look at a 30 minute, see what they're looking at. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the reason that technical analysis works is because if enough people look <laughs> right. at the same thing and believe it, then that's what right. happens. You know, moving down to that 20 day moving average is going to be a buy signal. Everyone else knows, hey, they're looking for something to happen at that 20 day moving average. Well, if everyone else is looking for something, you start to see people piling in, follow the herd. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to some signs that you're focusing too much and some uh, routines that we recommend. But first, I thought we could have an intermission, a five, a five minute right now at the most to talk a little bit about Bitcoin. I'll even wire the cryptocurrency and NFTs now. Dan. Ah, God, I've got opinions on NFTs. The, the NFTs, there was, uh, I, I was listening to a podcast where you know, some writer, uh, reporter for the New York Times sold. Do you hear about this? He sold the NFT of the article that he wrote about NFTs and somebody paid what is now $700,000 for it for something that you could read for free. Yep. Or maybe $4 a month for a basic subscription. Bitcoin has obviously had just an absolute tear, but there's also been, I think sometimes people, and I am not a true believer or true like naysayer of Bitcoin, but it seems that the people that are naysayers are kind of, uh, you get attacked by a mob on social media if you do anything else. But I read an interesting article in uh, Current Affairs that kind of talked about the reasons why Bitcoin doesn't make sense as a currency down the road. It just is like an asset people hoard. Dan, what are some of your thoughts before I talk too much? Do you want to start with Bitcoin? My thoughts, Bitcoin? Do you thought my thoughts on NFTs? All right, well, we'll start NFTs. I don't know why anyone, and this is, an, this is the opinion section of the podcast. I don't know why anyone would spend money on a digital image. There's one right now that I just saw, Barstool Sports, huge conglomerate out there, made a big name here throughout COVID too, done some awesome stuff. They are selling an NFT right now, and it's a picture of their founder and a guy that walked through one of his pizza reviews, just the two of them with a moving background. I could download this NFT, take a screenshot and post it, and someone's willing to bid right now, the bid's at $15,000. I get that there's a point where you have so much money, you don't know where else to spend it. But this is astronomical money that people are putting up for some of these things for, in my opinion, something that I can make a copy of. Is that at least going to charity? I, I don't know. Um, I saw a little snippet about it. I'm not 100% sure where the, where the, uh, the money's going. I know that there's a chance for the person that bids on it to get their money back. Because then they, it's a, it's total marketing, right? Because they just launched their barstool sports book or whatever. So you place a place a bet on the sports book, and if you're right and you win the bet, then you get your money back. Mm. Well, 
once again, I'm not saying uh, Barstool does this, but Dan, once again, we're in the opinion section. I would say that there might be a link between this and money laundering. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a total possibility because I can, I, I just, the NFT world blows my, like I, I get the concept of it. I 100% do, you know, if the Mona Lisa went up for sale, someone would buy the Mona Lisa. But I think you're buying it not for the picture, you're buying it for the provenance, for the for the historical value of it, right? Like, you know, very rarely do you see a brand new artist come out with a brand new painting and it goes for millions upon millions. You know, most of these paintings, most of these, this artwork, statues, sculptures that we've always seen and, you know, you read about them in history books as a child. You know, those are the ones that provenance is what people are paying for. They're not paying for the image itself. Again, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> opinion. It is putting me on slight bubble watch here. So what do you think about Bitcoin? So Bitcoin, I mean, I love the concept of Bitcoin. I, I won't say like Bitcoin's to me such an, an interesting concept, right? The blockchain, I think, is a, an incredible technology. I think, um, you know, CME introducing Bitcoin. Great. Good idea. You know, it, it opens up demographics. It brings more people into this industry. It's fun to watch. It's volatile. We all love watching volatile markets. Um, but the uh, do I think Bitcoin is the end all be all? I don't. I don't know. I think there's a lot with the blockchain. That's really where I stand. I really love this idea of blockchain. I do love the technology. I do wonder. It, it sometimes falls into a little bit of uh, out there behind Bitcoin more than a currency too, there's a lot of super libertarian ideology that's a feature of it, right? That it's unclear whether a lot of the benefits purported of Bitcoin are something that normal consumers would really notice, right? Like I get its appeal as an asset or something you trade, but mm -hmm. it, it's safe for merchants. So, so for instance, they say that, oh, there's no third party in intermediaries, right? Well, there are for like 99% of people that use it, use some sort of exchange, right? Right. But even more than that, it's kind of good in some ways that if you if I buy something with a credit card and it's fraud, I can get my money back. If I do that with Bitcoin, I mean, it protects the merchant, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of these things are reported as like privacy, a good thing. It's like not necessarily the best thing for your average consumer. Yeah. And Jack, let me ask you this. You know, you're very educated in, you know, econ and all of that. Let's say Bitcoin or any sort of cryptocurrency gets to a point where it's a commonly used currency. If it is not under any sort of government regulation, you know, US dollar, the Fed can come in, they can print more, they can do things to kind of stimulate with Bitcoin. That's not the case. How can that affect <clears throat> the long term with the economy? I mean, that's why they're talking about doing a Fed coin or like a lot. There's a lot of promise in the actual blockchain, right? Right. I think the blockchain has it. I, I think that most governments would be keen to shut it down pretty quickly if it was actually threatening. You know, I don't think that I'll just use the U.S. government example because I live there. I don't think they're too keen on someone poaching their their game. <laughs> I don't like think it so like the either. wire or something like, you know, what happens if they, you know, Bitcoin's moving into a new territory. There's going to be a turf war. And, I, and what I would worry about, like, if I was, if you want to hold a little bit of Bitcoin, go for it. But if I was all in on Bitcoin, I'd be so worried that at some point 
the hammer will just fall from the government. And because most people don't really, I guess, need it, uh, that could be a problem. You know, we'll do a whole episode on on this because I, I want to get all like my facts and uh, figures straight on this. Yeah. One, one last thing I got to ask you. Is it Dogcoin, Dogecoin, Doggycoin? <laughs> What's the proper pronunciation? I've always, I've always pronounced it Dogecoin. That's what I keep saying. But it's a picture of a dog. If you're under 20 years old, uh, please <laughs> email jackatopstep.com and let me know how that is pronounced. I'm sure I could look it up, but it'd be more fun in email form. That one's on quite a tear, too. I mean, I love, I, I you know, just to, I, I think the concept of cryptocurrency, blockchain, all of that, I think is phenomenal. Um, I, I think makes total sense, right? We started with you know, weighted coins, we moved into paper currency, we get the electronic currency in the sense of you've got credit cards and things of that nature. You know, it just makes sense in the line of progression. Which one will it be? I don't think any of the ones out there are going to become the, the major currency, but I think you're probably pretty close with uh, the Fed coin or something like that. I think that would just kind of make sense. I think so too. They have to get on board and move into the 21st century with it. And the curtains have redrawn open for the end of that intermission. Uh, we'll get back to Bitcoin in another episode. But um, I want to talk before we get into some habits and routines we use to stay focused is in addition to uh, being distracted and not focusing enough, you can focus too much. And that is what we talk about commonly is burnout in trading. You know, you could also be sleeping at your desk doing that, but you're there 23 hours, uh, people that I've seen do this, they're agitated, they're frustrated, they have uh, blood pressure issues. I think, you know, top step, and we've done some content with uh, Anthony Crudelli, and he'd readily admit, I think he, he had a heart attack, right, when he was mm -hmm. 35 years old or something. You're very young. Yeah, as a 34-year-old, that's the sort of stuff that terrified me. When I was still trading at the firm, like, I already, I was in fine physical shape besides I already had high blood pressure and I was like 29 years old, right? That's not good for you either. And also it can make you, you want to avoid becoming the a-hole trader we mentioned too. And if mm -hmm. you are too focused and too demanding and think nothing about trading, I mean, maybe you'll find, maybe you'll find success, but you'll probably burn out and not be a better person for it. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the key things there's a interview I did with one of our funder traders, Tanya. Everyone go check it out. She makes a has a great thing that she does every morning in her routine that, you know, I think is a everyone should be doing. She has a mental check. You know, she scales her mental capacity first thing in the morning before when she sits down. Where am I at mentally? Am I going to be focused today or am I distracted? She recognizes that if you know the distractions are too high for her, she's taking time off, and you know, personally, I've never done a legit mental check, but I also am pretty in tune just kind of with myself of like knowing I'm not feeling right today. So I'm going to stay away, but I've kind of tried to implement this a little bit more since kind of hearing how she went about it. I think that's huge. You know, check, check yourself mentally. Don't put yourself in a stressful situation where you're physically going to affect yourself with high blood pressure and things of that nature. That's not what we're here for. We're here to enjoy this. We're here to, you know, create opportunity and make sure you take advantage of the opportunities created. 
Yeah, this goes right into our sort of tips and suggestions here is uh, the biggest, I would say, is routines. We've done an episode on that in the past, but have a routine you go through every morning to get alert, pumped up, ready to take on the day. Dan, I know you get up early and take a run or something like that. Work out in one way, shape, or form. Either the gym, go for a run. Lifting something. soup cans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one, Dan, you already touched on, for me, is self-rating. I actually did, not in preparation for this episode, but I did start about a month and a half ago, just because I had, uh, you know, just from talking to people who've done this, of I started a spreadsheet. I call it my personal tracker. And I have a bunch of dimensions on it, one through 10, right? of how was my sleep? Did I eat well today? Like on Friday, I went and got my second vaccination dose and I had like a sausage sandwich for breakfast. I had a uh, cheeseburger for lunch and then tacos for dinner. So that was a two. Uh, that's no good, right? But I also measure how much, uh, you know, if I was partaking in a few drinks, I mark that. And then I mark uh, my general feeling of like anxiety. How do I feel? Do I feel prepared? Do I feel good? That's and, impressive. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I've kind of liked it. It's been working decently so far, but I'm hoping to, uh, I'll share the data at some point, see what we can do. It's really impressive. I think that helps, you know, not just in trading, but in your everyday life, being able to stay that in touch and in tune with everything you're doing. I, I think it's, you know, for a lot of people out there, it's kind of overlooked what they're, they're, intake they're consuming whether it's you know a couple cocktails couple beers you know eating that slice of pizza instead of that piece of grilled chicken the effects that that can really have on you well it's amazing how much you'll improve at something when you track uh just objectively things that don't seem like they should be objective uh i i know for instance me if i'm trying to you know they got us those fitbits i think i've told this on the show before but Two years ago, Top Step got us Fitbits for uh, the holidays or whatever. And uh, just wearing that and it was in sync with a scale I bought, right? I lost like 15 pounds that I'd been trying to take off for two, three years. I lost it in like two months just because I saw the data every day. I, my big one is I get on the scale every single morning and... Because if I'm not doing it, like when I'm on vacation, and I don't have a scale in my room. I'm not really paying attention to, I'm more focused. I'm less focused on what I'm consuming. If I'm being active or like, if I get on the scale in the morning and I see, you know, the numbers going up, I'm like, man, what have I been doing? Okay. I ate pizza yesterday or I didn't go to the gym. I didn't work out. I didn't run. Um, all right, let's, let's make sure I stay on top of this here. The next few days, get right back to where I was. Yeah. And uh, you could do that with, you know, if you're in the top step program, monitor those stats that are in your dashboard. If you're in one of the groups that Coach T is available now, check that discipline score. Uh, see if you can improve a little each day and the results will kind of take care of themselves. And then the very last thing that I'd recommend, which we also had a whole episode on, is take regular time off and take it off off. Like we mentioned, don't take a vacation just to kind of watch the 10 second chart. Don't watch the 10 second charts anyway, but unplug, take some time to recharge. It's good for you. We promise. That's the best thing you can do. You come back feeling refreshed, even if it's just a little bit of time off a day here, 
you know, every so often take the week. It's okay. It's absolutely okay to do. Oh, and lastly, I feel like I hypocrite because I am not good at doing this, but uh, if it fits your persuasion, there's tons of apps and videos as far as uh, doing practicing meditation or mindfulness. All that stuff will help you kind of stay. As a trader, you got to be in the moment and you can train that mental muscle. So that would be one last thing I would throw in there. Mindful, mindful meditation that helps if, cause if you do, you know, you do that self rating, like Jack's talking when you wake up in the morning and you're not feeling a hundred percent, do the meditation, you know, do 15 minutes of it, come back and rescore yourself and see how you're feeling. Yeah. It's amazing. What a couple minutes of, and don't, don't rush yourself. You know, if you feel off, but the markets are opening, delay it 15 minutes before you do anything. That's totally okay. And speaking of taking some time off, if you're listening to this, it means it's at least Thursday afternoon. So we hope that uh, you're getting a nice relaxing weekend in the Northern Hemisphere. Enjoy the balmy, balmy weather. I know I will. I'm sure Dan will as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next week with another trading psychology themed installment of Limit Up. Until then, you know what to do. You namaste. That's a yoga thing I say at the end. Very <laughs> explain that. And the end of the yoga classes, they go namaste and you go namaste. So if you're at home, just say namaste. Namaste. And trade well. Limit Up is presented by Top Step and produced by Dante32. Futures in Forex trading contain substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.